بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته I'm Um Abdullah and very happy to welcome you back again to another episode of The Beginning of Guidance for Muslim Women. Today, inshallah, we will be looking at the etiquette of ablution. Babu adabil wudu. Let's start after our reading of the dua for seeking knowledge from Imam Haddad, rahimahullah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin. Allahumma inni nawaitu ta'alamu wa ta'alim wa tadhakura wa tadhkir wa nafu al-intifa wa al-ifada wa al-istifada wa al-hatha ala tamassuki bi kitabillahi wa sunnati rasulih wa dua ila al-huda wa dalalata ala al-khair ibtigha wajahillahi wa maradatihi wa kurbihi wa thawabihi subhanahu wa ta'ala Our translation is All praise to Allah, Lord of the Worlds I intend to learn and teach, to remember and remind, to benefit myself and to benefit others, to derive usefulness and extend it to others, to encourage adherence to the book of Allah and the sunnah of his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to call to guidance, direct towards good, seeking thereby the countenance of Allah, his divine pleasure, closeness and his reward, the most exalted and high. Last week we looked at the removal of physical impurities, of ritual impurities, substances that come from the body which if they are on the body, the clothing or the place of prayer would render the prayer invalid due to the lack of purity. Today we're going to look at the removal of something else now which is called hadath and hadath is a ritual form of impurity, it's not physical. There are two types of hadath, minor hadath and major hadath. Minor hadath is that which is removed or lifted from the person. So the state of impurity is lifted from the person through the performance of the wudu, which is the ablution. And minor hadath is brought about by the exiting of anything from the body in terms of physical waste. Uh, it can also be brought about in the Shafi Madhab by a man and a woman uh, touching each other, intentionally or accidental. It's also a state which comes upon a person after sleep. So when a person wakes up, then they need to refresh their wudu. The different schools of jurisprudence have a few different aspects on these issues, particularly the touching one. But because we're studying Imam Ghazali's book, which is the Shafi school, then Shafi views are obviously presented. What's most interesting is that a minor state of impurity, so a minor state of hadath, is something which has got nothing to do with actual physical cleanliness. So a person can, for example, take a shower just to wash themselves, but that doesn't mean that they're in a state ready to pray. The wudu is something which is a set of specific actions performed with a specific intention. And simply by jumping in the sea or a swimming pool or something like that and getting wet or somebody washing their hands and face or feet but without the correct intention does not mean that that performance of those actions has been fulfilled. So a person needs to be extremely aware and mindful of what they are doing and why and with the right intention so that their act of purification can be performed. 
And I always find it so amazing that 1,400 years ago, people who lived in the desert were washing themselves five times a day to enter into a state, a ritual state of purity in order to pray, whereas at the same time, people in Europe and elsewhere were living in states of incredible filth and with animals and not paying attention at all to their physical cleanliness, let alone their ritual cleanliness and purification. So here we see Islam again leading the way in terms of not just physical cleanliness that we looked at last week, but also how to purify oneself to be a worshipful and believing person. The wudu is considered to be the weapon of the believer. And what does that mean? It means that if you take wudu, then you're in a purified state and it's like you have an armor or a protection. The shaitan finds it more difficult to come to you and you are also ready and available to perform any act of prayer or any act of worship that requires a person being in a state of ritual purity. So you're ready to go wherever you are. And to be in that state means that you're already a step ahead because you've prepared yourself. So you leave the house with wudu and then if you need to pray, you can go pray. You don't have to worry about where am I going to find a tap and a sink and a place where I can lift my sleeves and take my socks off or whatever you need to do. So really being in a state of wudu as much as possible is highly recommended and it's something that we should seek so that we're ever ready and present to enter into our presence with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through our acts of worship, inshallah. Okay, let's look at what Imam Ghazali says here. It's quite long and most of this will be known to people, so we'll pick up on things that require or that require an extra comment or have something interesting to add inshallah bismillahirrahmanirrahim imam ghazali says may we benefit from his knowledge in the two abodes inshallah fa idha faragta min al istinja'i fala tatrak al siwak fa innahu mutharatun lil fam wa mardatun lil rabb wa maskhatatun lil shaytan Imam Ghazali begins this section on ritually purifying oneself by referring to the tooth stick, the siwak. And he says, after having cleaned yourself after relieving yourself, do not neglect to use a tooth stick for it purifies the mouth and pleases the Lord and displeases shaitan or it angers shaitan. The hadith says, a prayer before which one has used a tooth stick is better than 70 prayers without having used the tooth stick. And it's related that Abu Huraira, the great companion, may Allah be pleased with him, said that the Prophet said, Were I not afraid that I would cause hardship on my community, I would have ordered them to use the tooth stick before every prayer. He also said, I was commanded to use the tooth stick until I feared it would be obligated on me. There are many benefits of using the tooth stick and this also shows that oral hygiene is extremely important. And inshallah, I will put on the Miss Women Instagram page some sunnas which are associated with using the tooth stick. So I encourage you to go there 
and have a look, inshallah, to see the times and places when it's encouraged to use it, not just uh, before the performance of the wudu. Then Imam Ghazali says, after you've used the tooth stick, Then sit for the ablution facing the direction of the prayer in a raised place so that the water does not splash on you. Say, in the name of Allah, the merciful, the compassionate, O my Lord, I take refuge in you from the incitements of devils and I seek your protection, O my Lord, from their being present with me. And that's actually an ayah from the Quran in chapter 23, uh, 97 to 98. There are a lot of du'as in here and some of them are actually ones which have come from the Prophet and others which are those that our pious predecessors have been known to recite. And inshallah, the more we can memorize of them and the more we can teach our children and actually say them as we go through making our wudu, then inshallah, the more perfected and purified and beautified it will be. These days, it's difficult for us to find a place to sit facing the direction of the prayer because our washing spaces are mostly built inside houses, the architecture and design of which we don't really have much control. If it's possible to sit facing the qibla, then you should do so. Otherwise, you just take wudu wherever you are. Then he says, Then wash your hands three times before dipping them in the wash basin. Or because we have running water from a tap, then we wash our hands before we begin the actual act of uh, performing the wudu and say this dua, O my Lord, truly I beg of you good portents and blessing and I seek refuge in you from bad portents and loss. So it's asking Allah for everything of khair, of goodness and barakah and seeking refuge in him from anything negative and destructive. Then Imam Ghazali says, make the intention of lifting the state of impurity. As we said, the wudu is an act which raises a state of ritual impurity from a person and we need to intend that. Okay, so when we begin, not by washing the hands, that's done beforehand to make sure they're clean, but when we begin our performance of the wudu, we need to have the right intention that I am seeking to lift my state of ritual impurity or istibahat al-salah, which means or I'm seeking permission to perform the prayer. And that istibaha, that permission that you seek, would be for a person who is in a constant state of impurity. So someone who has incontinence or somebody who has consistent uh, gas coming from them or a woman who is in an irregular state of menstruation where she would bleed continuously in a state of istihada. So in that case, the removal of ritually impure substances and filth cannot be performed. So despite the fact that the person is constantly in a state of ritual impurity, they take the wudu nonetheless with the intention seeking permission or seeking the possibility of the performance of the prayer despite the state that they're in. وَلَا يَنْبَغِي أَنْ تَعْزُبَ نِيَّتُكْ قَبْلَ غَسْلِ الْوَجْهِ 
Imam Ghazali says you must make the intention before washing your face. For without this intention, the ablution is not valid. Then take a handful of water and rinse your mouth three times, making sure the water reaches the back of your mouth, which is your epiglottis, which is the back of the throat and the part that covers the windpipe when a person eats, except if you're fasting. Okay, because if it is that the water reaches that point and goes down, then you will have broken your fast. So when you are fasting, then you only rinse your mouth uh, with enough water to fulfill the rinsing and without there being any possibility or danger of it slipping down your throat and nullifying your fast. Then he says, the dua, Oh my Lord, help me with the reading of your book and much remembrance of you and establish me. And quoting an ayah, in strength with the word that stands firm. So, al-qawl al-thabit, which is la ilaha illallah, in the life of this world and in the hereafter. Then he says, ثُمَّ خُذْ غَرْفَةً لِأَنْفِكَ وَاسْتَنْشِقْ بِهَا ثَلَاثًا وَاسْتَنْثِرْ بِهَا مَا فِي الْأَنْفِ مِنْ رُتُوبَةٍ وَكُلْ فِي الْإِسْتِنْشَاقِ اللَّهُمَّ أَرِحْنِي رَائِحَةَ الْجَنَّةِ وَأَنْتَ عَنِّي رَاضِ then he says, take a handful of water for your nose and draw it in and then blow it out. So then we, that's how we clean the nose and clean any mucus or dust that's stored in the nostrils. And then we say, oh Allah, let me smell the fragrance of paradise and may you be pleased with me. And then when we blow it out, we say, Allahumma inni a'udhu bik min rawa'i wa min su'iddar. Then we say, O oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from the foul odors of the fire and from the evil of that abode. Then he says, take a handful of water for your face and with it wash lengthwise. So, Okay, so this is the washing of the face. So take a handful of water. And with it, wash lengthwise from the beginning of the uppermost part of the forehead to the end of the point of the chin and across from ear to ear. Make the water reach the temples. And he says here, the point from which women are accustomed to moving their hair. 
So that's just above the ears and the corner of the temple because that still constitutes part of the face. So the washing of the face should include the hair which surrounds the face. So the closest, so the roots of the hair which comes from the face. He says, make the water reach the four places where hair grows, the eyebrows, the moustache, the eyelashes and the cheeks, which would be anything in front of the ears from the beginning of the beard. He also says the water must reach the roots of the hair of a thin beard, though not a thick beard. And do not omit wetting a thick beard by passing your fingers through it. And as you wash your face, say, O oh my Lord, make radiant my face with your light. On the day you make radiant the faces of your friends. And do not shroud my face with darkness. On the day you shroud the faces of your enemies with darkness. Then he says, so all of this washing, of course, should be done three times. So the washing of the face and now the washing of the arms. And he says, Then wash your right hand and forearm up to and including the elbow and half of the upper arm three times. So the water should definitely, at the minimum, reach past your elbow. Then do the same for the left. For the adornment in paradise encompasses the places touched in ablution. And we know that when the Muslims, the Ummah, comes over to the hold, to the quenching pool of the Prophet wasallam on the Day of Judgment, then he will see them coming because there will be this tremendous glow, this radiant glow of light on the horizon, and he will see his Ummah coming, and that glowing will be radiating from the limbs that the people washed in their wudu. So there will be radiant faces and arms and legs and hands and feet, and that's how the Ummah, the nation of the Prophet wasallam will be recognized because no other people do this there is no one else of any religious group or worshipful or devotional group that literally washes their bodies parts of their bodies five times a day or more for the sake of worship it's actually said that uh, the average muslim practicing muslim will perform this act of wudu a hundred thousand times in their life so think about that this is something you are going to wash your limbs so you can worship 100,000 times approximately. We need to get this right and we need to make sure that it's accepted, inshallah, and that we teach our children like we need to teach our children everything and those around us and that we take honour and that we recognise this obligation as one of the most honourable and distinguishing acts that we can perform as Muslim people because this distinguishes us from others and as does our prayer because the difference between a Muslim and anybody else is the fact that we wash to worship and this is something quite extraordinary in any time. So we ask Allah to make us of those who are purified and who are able to perform this to the best of our ability each and every time. Inshallah. When a person washes their right arm, they should come with the following supplication. Allahumma a'tini kitabi biyamini wa hasibni hisaban yasira. O Allah, give me my book in my right hand and judge me with leniency. And as you wash the left arm, say, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika an tu'tiyani kitabi bi shimali aw min wara'i dhahri. 
O Allah, I seek refuge in you from your giving me my book of deeds in my left hand or from behind my back. Which of course references the eye about the people of the left, the people who will be given their book of bad deeds in their left hand, not in their right hand. Why? Because the right hand is always the most noble side. That's why we give and take with our right hand. We enter sacred spaces like the mosque with our right foot. Uh, the right side of the body is always a fraction more beautiful than the left side. And it is the honorable side. When we dress, we begin with the right side. When we take our clothes off, we begin with the left side. When we enter the bathroom, we go in with the left foot. And we come out with the right foot because we're now entering a clean space. And there are many sunnas, many prophetic acts which have got to do with the left and right side of the body. Most importantly, we eat with our right hand. And when we wash ourselves, we use our left hand. Then Imam Ghazali goes into the washing of the head. And he says, then wetting your hands, wipe your head, touching the fingertips of the right and left hands together. So put your fingertips together, place them on the forelock and move them back to the nape of the neck and then forward again. Do this three times as you do with the other parts as we've just said and say, Allahumma ghashini bi rahmatik wa anzil alayya min barakatik wa azillani tahta zilli arshik yawma la zilla illa zilluk Allahumma harrim sha'ri wa bashari ala nar. O oh Allah, shower me with your mercy and rain down on me your blessing and shade me in the shade of your throne on the day when there will be no shade but your shade. O oh Allah, make my hair and the skin of my face forbidden to the fire. Then it comes to the wiping of the ears and he says, So wipe your ears inside and outside with fresh water. This is a requirement in the Shafi school. The washing of the ears is not an obligatory part. It's a sunnah part. However, if it is going to be performed, it needs to be done with fresh water, meaning water that wasn't used for the washing of the head. He says, so place your forefingers inside your ears and wipe the outside of your ears with the inside of your thumbs. And say, O oh Allah, make me of those who listen to the word of Allah and take it in the best way. O oh Allah, let me with the obedient ones hear the caller to heaven. So as you can see, every dua has got to do with some type of action that would be performed by that particular limb or body part. Then wipe your neck. He says, Oh my Lord, free my neck from the fire and save me from the chains and shackles of punishment. 
Then wash your right foot, then your left, including the ankles. وقول اللهم ثبت قدمي على الصراط يوم تزل الأقدام في النار وكذلك تغسل اليسرى وتقول اللهم إني أعوذ بك أن تزل قدمي على الصراط يوم تزل الأقدام المنافقين So finally wash your right foot and then your left including the ankles so including and just above the ankles with the little finger of your left hand wash between your toes so when you put your foot out to pour water on or have water running over it then use the little finger of your left and start with the little toe of the right foot and from under the foot push your finger up in between the toes to separate them so that the water will reach there and as you wash the toes of your right foot say oh my lord make my feet firm on the sirat on the the bridge Okay, which goes between where the gathering in front of Allah happens and into the Jannah. So make my feet firm on the path, on the bridge, on the day that feet slip and fall into the fire. And then while washing the left foot say, Oh my Lord, I seek refuge in you from my foot slipping on the bridge on the day that slip the feet of the hypocrites. He says to bring the water halfway up your shins, if you can, that's recommended. And to repeat everything three times. Then he mentions a supplication which is made at the end of the performance of the wudu. He says, فَإِذَا فَرَغْتَ مِنَ الْوُدُوءِ فَقُلْ So when you've finished, say, أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَحْتَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَا وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّا مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُ سُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُمَّ وَبِحَمْدِكَ أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا أَنْتَ عَمِلْتُ سُوءًا وَظَلَمْتُ نَفْسِي أستغفرك وأتوب إليك فاغفر لي وتوب علي إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم اجعلني من التوابين واجعلني من المتطاهرين واجعلني من عبادك الصالحين واجعلني صبورا شكورا واجعلني أذكرك ذكرا كثيرا وأسبحك بكرة وأصيلا he says, whoever reads this, فَمَنْ قَرَأَ هَذِهِ الدَّعْوَاتِ فِي وُضُوئِهِ خَرَجَتْ جَمِيعَ خَطَايَاهُ مِنْ أَعْضَائِهِ وَخُتِمَ عَلَى وُضُوئِهِ بِخَاتَمٍ وَرُفِعَ لَهُ تَحْتَ الْأَرْشِ فَلَا يَزَالُ يُسَبِّحُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَ وَيُقَدِّسُهُ وَيُكْتَبُ لَهُ ثَوَابُ ذَلِكَ إِلَى يَوْمِ الْقِيَامَةِ Okay, so the translation is... I bear witness there is no God save Allah who has no partner and I bear witness that Muhammad is his servant and his messenger. Glory and praise be to you, O Allah. I bear witness there is no God save you. I have done evil and I have wronged my soul. I seek your forgiveness and I turn to you in repentance. Forgive me and accept my repentance for you are the one who accepts repentance, the merciful. O Allah, make me of those who frequently repent and make me of those who purify themselves. Make me one of your pious servants. Make me always patient and grateful. Make me remember you frequently and praise you at each day's beginning and at its end. Imam Ghazali says, Whoever makes these supplications in his ablution will have all his sins depart from his limbs. 
His ablution will be stamped with the seal of approval and will ascend to beneath the throne where it will stay, glorifying Allah Most High and exalting Him. The reward of this will continue to be written for him until the day of judgment. When a person makes this dua, then they need to face the Qibla and raise their glance to the sky because the sky is the Qibla for the dua. Imam Ghazali also says there are seven things that you must avoid in your ablution. Wajtanib min ika sab'an. La tanqud yadaka fatarush al ولا تلطم وجهك ورأسك بالماء لطما ولا تتكلم في أثناء الوضوء ولا تزيد في الغسل على ثلاث مرات ولا تكثر صب الماء من غير حاجة بمجرد الوسوسة وللموسوسين شيطان يضحك بهم يقال له الولهام ولا تتوضأ بالماء المشمس ولا من ألواني السفرية فهذه سبع مكروهة في الوضوء وفي الخبر أن من ذكر تعالى عند وضوه طهر الله جسده كله ومن لم يذكر الله لم يطهر منه إلا ما أصاب الماء The seven things which should be avoided in your ablution are do not shake your hands in a way that will make the water splash so this is not of the proper etiquette. So you don't throw water around or splash it around. Do not strike the water against your head and face. So when a person lifts the water to their face, then they do it gently. They don't slap it on their face. Do not indulge in worldly talk during the ablution. You don't talk and have a chit-chat to the person next to you or yell out instructions to your children or tell anyone off or... Anything like that, ablution is an act of worship and it needs to be done with focus and with intention and if at all possible you should avoid speaking and let those around you know not to talk to you when you're taking wudu or indicate to them with your hand that just sabr, patience, I will speak to you in a moment and then they will quickly learn. Fourthly, do not wash any limb more than three times and that's because people become People can become obsessive in their thoughts, like obsessive-compulsive, and think, oh, did I do it properly? Did I wash properly? If you know you've washed three times, you've washed three times, and that's it. That's sufficient. And do not pour more water over yourself than necessary, also out of doubt. And Imam Ghazali says there's a devil called Walhan who mocks and plays with those who are given to obsessive doubt, so who are given to uh, obsessive and compulsive thoughts about have they done things correctly. Also, there is a hadith where the Prophet says, has told his companions not to use excessive water, even if they should be performing their wudu in a flowing river or in the sea. Also, do not perform your ablution with water that has been sitting in the sun, so water that has been purposely put out under the sun in order to heat it, uh, because there is some illnesses associated with that or with water from copper vessels for the same reason. And these are the seven things that are disliked in the ablution. And he finishes by saying, a narration states that if a person remembers Allah in his ablution, Allah purifies his whole body. And if a person does not remember Allah, only the parts of him that the water reaches are purified. So that is how a person removes himself from a state of minor ritual impurity through the taking of the ablution. 
And I will put on the Instagram page a list of the sunnas of the times and places when a person should take wudu, other than for the performance of the ritual prayer, which we've just gone through here. Bear in mind, of course, that this uh, short explanation does not in any way take the place of studying with a proper qualified teacher who's able to take you from beginning to end through the performance of the wudu and with a demonstration. And if it is that you have not got a school of jurisprudence that you follow, then please follow one. Uh, you cannot work this religion out on your own and you cannot work out the legal ruling specifically on your own. Okay, so if you haven't yet got a madhab, then please in your local area find a person who's qualified in a madhab to teach you or there are many good and reputable online institutes at the moment where you can have a full course in the basics of purification in probably the three main madhabs, the Shafi school, the Hanafi school and the Maliki school. So please go ahead and do that and be humble enough to do that and to accept the fact that you can't do this religion on your own. You need teachers and inshallah, I hope that that is clear. If there are any issues or questions, then please contact us on our Instagram page or via email. Again, this is not a complete explanation of everything, but it's merely a guide. And inshallah, we take our benefit from Imam Ghazali. And inshallah, it will be sufficient as a reminder for those who know. And for those who don't know, as I said, please go and study in a more detailed way. Inshallah. So our next episode will be on the ghusl and on the tayammum, the ghusl for the removal of the major state of ritual impurity and the tayammum, the dry ablution, in the case of there being a lack of water. Inshallah, I look forward to joining you for that. Please make dua for us in these last 10 days of Ramadan. As inshallah, we will make dua for you and all your families. May Allah bless you and benefit you and accept all your deeds and actions and intentions, inshallah. And may everything be pleasing to Allah. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sabi wa sallam. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Storiakum Allah wa yafadkum. Assalamu alaikum.